How are you? What a great day already. I just love what's happening already in this church. And uh, I, I hope you do know that, because uh, maybe you're here new and you're wondering what's going on. I, I hope you know that in a, a really healthy way, uh, actually we don't talk a lot to each other in the team before we do our planning and our preparation. That might sound an odd thing to say, but in terms of the songs that Josh and the team have chosen... In, in terms of the things that Gareth has already said and already prayed, uh, you might be here wondering if God is real and alive and connects things together. And when you hear what I feel and believe that God asked me to say this morning, just allow yourself to see how God has already joined some things up together. So, have a look at this. I wonder if you're old enough to remember this advert. Can we show this? Got any lemonade? If you want. Milk! Ugh! Swaddy and Rush drinks. Ian Rush? Yeah, and he said if I didn't drink lots of milk, when I grow up, I'm going to be good enough to play for Accrington Stanley. Accrington Stanley? Who are they? Exactly. Now get off. Give me some. There we go. Who's old enough to remember that? Yeah. Accrington Stanley. <laughs> so, now come on. What do you crave for? What do you long for? You know, I mean, we've had a load of babies born in this church, haven't we? And uh, I love that advert that's on at the moment for a well-known provider of burgers. Others are available. Have you seen that one where it's very clear the guy is off chasing around trying to find something, goes to all kinds of petrol stations, restaurants, all kinds of places to try and find something and finally goes to the Golden Arches and gets a box of stuff, comes back home, pregnant wife, opens it up and it's full of gherkins and she's just kind of... So I, want, I wonder if any, was there, were there cravings in the Baker household? We don't reveal those kind of information in public. But I, I wonder what you crave for. Do you, do you know, I mean, there are times, there are times when nothing else but a McDonald's, others are available. Will, it's all you need. Do you find that or is it just me? I mean, when you've had one, you want another one immediately. That's the way it, it, it works. But cravings, I wonder what you, what you crave for. And of course, uh, the Milk Advertising Board did such a good job on all those adverts for years and years to talk to us about milk. And, you know, we all know, don't we, milk is, is really good for us. Uh, it's a healthy thing to have. It's good for, our, good for our bodies. It builds up the bones, doesn't it? I wonder what sort of things you long for and you crave for. We're in this series on, on bodybuilding. Well, we're actually coming to the end of it. This is our, our last one. We've been looking through this letter that Peter has written to these Christians. They've actually been Christians for a little while. It's an important thing to notice. We'll, we'll come back to that a bit later on. They've been on the journey with Jesus for a little while. Peter's been writing to them. And as we've been thinking about, Peter has been saying, how do you build up your strength as a follower of Jesus Christ, what do you what do you do? We've uh, we've touched on some really important themes, haven't we? Living in the hope of Jesus Christ, uh, having a kingdom perspective. Do you remember when we were talking about that? What does it mean to live now in the light of the end? We uh, we've been thinking about the quality of our relationships, how we live in loving, relating kinds of ways to each other. 
We had a, a really powerful week when we were thinking about the significance of suffering and actually how God, uh, within suffering, God can use that situation to grow us as Christians. And the whole thing has been this sense, and there's just an image to go on the screen, so if, that it's all in God's hands, all we are, everything about us is in God's hands. That, uh, that Peter wanted these Christians to know nothing that happens in life is, is unexpected, is beyond God's will or purposes. God never, never looks at our lives and sort of scratches his head and go, oh, you know, a bit like the mechanic does with the car. You know, they open up and go, oh dear, it's the, it's the, it's the parts. Ah, Labour's going to be mad on this. Oh. God's never doing that about your life. I think I've shared already in one or two of the times I've been with you because it's so much a part of my story. There are numerous occasions, sometimes it feels like daily, where God says to me, Andrew, you know what? I wouldn't have started from here. But as this is where we are, we can now go on and it will be the best. And it's never plan B with God, is it? God has just, you know how we talk about having plan A, B, C, whatever. God just has glorious plan A. And plan A is multifaceted beyond our understanding of what even that word might mean. In other words, God is able to say it will be the best. Now hear me, that's not the same as saying that the consequences of choices and decisions don't make a difference and matter. They really, really do and I'll come back to that as well. But God is never looking at our lives, scratching his head, saying what on earth are we going to do? We've been reminded that as that image just showed us. God always has and always will win through Peter has been sharing. Salvation is ours. The Lord Jesus died on the cross. If you don't know that, he died thousands of years before you were even thought of. A twinkle in the eye of anyone. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. He's wiped away the sins. We're in the mopping up. The victory is won. The victory is won. And so Peter says to these Christians, he says, you can hold on and be firm in the face of persecution. Whatever is happening to you. When you go into work tomorrow and you're in an environment where speaking about faith is either not officially allowed or, or it's hard for you because of the ways that others treat you. If you are going to go from this place into a family situation where, where faith is going to be something difficult. And of course for our brothers and sisters in Christ right around the world. So many who could not even openly walk to church. You didn't have the, uh, the luxury of shall I go in shorts or shall I go in jeans. Peter is saying... That God is God. He has you in his hands. You can hold firm. Even in the face of that kind of persecution. And we are called to live radically different kinds of lives. Within the world, not separate from the world. We're not called to be a cult. We're not called to be a clique. We're not called to be a club. We're called to be the community 
of God's people, living out these radical lives wherever he calls us. You guys are on the mission field. You know that. I've said already, I would love to have a map of Cheltenham, the world, you know, because it is the world, I know, in a place like this. And I'd love, in a sense, to have little bits of string, coloured string that go from, go to you, where you are. You are God's missionaries. I've already said about you appointing yourselves as chaplains to your workplace, as chaplains to the school gates. And chaplaincy work, that kind of ministry is the drawing alongside kind of ministry. When you're in the gym, because I won't be there, you see, when you're in the gym, (laughs) you are the missionary in that place. I mean, Gareth is pumping away and as he pumps, he's praying. I know he is. And he's taking opportunities to talk to people. When you're cycling, and again, I won't be there. When you are... See, I'm a chaplain to McDonald's. I've got the badge. Do you know that? Do you know that truth? Are you living in that truth? Now, of course, what we do when we gather together, we are the gathering of God's people, is so special. And he blesses us in this gathering and in this environment. And we love that. And God, God does the most amazing special things, just as he does in any situation as a human being, where we allow something to be special. But we are the church gathered and scattered. And I hope you know that because Peter is saying the normal, natural state of being for us as Christians is to be growing in our faith, maturing in our faith, building up this core. I'm searching for my core, but the normal, natural state is to be building it up. And Peter has said, look, there's a dividing line. Right the way through this letter to these Christians, he says, there is a dividing line between those who are growing, those who are living naturally as Christians. That doesn't mean being kind of super Christians in the eyes of anybody else. That means the natural, normal stuff of life. The dividing line between those who are growing their core, building themselves up, serving in God's mission, and those who are not. Because he is clear in this letter. Some are and some are not. Well, it's, it's not Brexit, friends. It's not even this. Put that slide up. I mean, I know this is a key divider, isn't it? Marmite lovers or Marmite haters. Just a quick show of hands. Marmite lovers. Marmite haters. You see? Don't put your hands up for this one. But the key dividing line is obedience. Just let yourself put a hand up inside your heart. Just let yourself put your hand up in your mind right now. The dividing line, says Peter, is obedience. He says there are some people who obey God's word and follow it and live it. And then there are others who don't. And those who follow and obey God's word, live in his truth, will grow and will mature. And those who don't, won't. I've got a still from the advert we showed just at the beginning of the, uh, the little boy drinking his milk. 
so that he doesn't have to play for Acklington Stanley. Peter says, doesn't he, that some of us drink spiritually. We drink spiritual milk. And if you want a name for this talk, and I've been very impressed with Tim and Hills and Gareth and others, then it's got to be drinker, pinter, milker day. Do you remember that slogan? Drinker, pinter, milker day. Let's look at these verses from this letter from 1 Peter. Let's just stick those up for us and, uh, and let's follow them through together. Let's read them together. There is power in the word of God as we read it together. So let's just read these if you're able to see that screen. Therefore, oh stop, we're going to need to think what the therefore is therefore, aren't we? If you've got your Bibles open, you can already play the game. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. What is the therefore? Therefore, if you've got, uh, if you've got a Bible, the beginning of chapter 2 refers us back to what Peter has just been sharing in chapter 1. Verse 22, he's applauded them for their loving relationships. For their loving relationship with God and for their loving relationship with each other. And the reason, he says at the end of chapter 1 of 1 Peter, the reason for those loving relationships, for living in the right kind of way to God and to each other, is because the word of God has been preached in their midst and it's been received. They have fed on God's truth. That is why the therefore is there. Peter's saying, I can applaud you for the way that you're living your lives. Because you have received the word of God and, and we know as the Bible speaks about the word of God, of course the Bible is talking about God's truth expressed in creation, God's word expressed, made real, made present among us in Jesus Christ and also the word of God inspired by the spirit of God. The word of God in our hands now. Peter is saying to these Christians, because you have received in the sense that you have taken into yourself. The image is milk, isn't it? Like a newborn baby gurgling and suckling and, and receiving that milk within their body. Nothing about religiosity, nothing about putting on a show, nothing about club or clique. But, but the word of God received, lapped up. Because that's what you've been doing. Therefore, you are able to do these, these two things. Because if we just put those words back up on the screen, you'll notice that the thought in what Peter says is one continuous thought 
All of this is one continuous thought. Actually, you need to look at the end to take you back to the beginning. Because you have tasted that the Lord is good. Tasted means you've experienced it. You have the own reality of your own life to to draw upon. Because you know that the Lord is good. Because you've tasted that. Therefore, what you can do is the two things you need to do, which is on the one hand, put off, get rid of those things which are not right for you, which are wicked, which are sinful, which are bad for you, the wrong kind of food. Put those off and actually exactly at the same time, drink deeply of your spiritual milk. Now look, there's no sort of puritanical stuff here. There's no, and I meet so many people who are trying to do this. I tried to do it for a long time as well myself. There's no, get yourself into a place where God can do his work in you. There's no, no, chop the bits off yourself. You know, in your own strength, deal with with those addictions. You know, if you're watching the wrong things on, on your computer, if, you, if you've allowed yourself to be drawn to another man or another woman, either just having an emotional affair with them at the moment, or even if that's expressing itself physically, if, if you are angry and that anger is building up within you day by day, it starts off with a little cutting up when you're on the road and then it, it gets worse and you find yourself being incredibly angry with your partner or your children, if you, are, if you are being overcome by pride, whatever it may be, if you know the things which are not good for your health, good for your body, then do not in your own strength seek to deal with them because you will fail. You will fail. At exactly the same time as you recognise the ill health, the dis-ease in those things, you drink your spiritual milk. And the Holy Spirit's work, God's work within us, and maybe you're here today and you know about God but you don't feel you know God. Well, God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And he's at work in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is the one that's connected words in songs with words said, with words expressed to children. I didn't know about that either. And words being shared now. That Holy Spirit, God with us now, is at work in your hearts. And he wants to change you and transform you from the inside out. Peter is saying... Therefore, both and. And the language of getting rid, the verb, the verb that's used there is the same one used in Acts and Ephesians, in Romans, and it's expressed in different ways. Put off, get rid of, take off the wrong kind of clothes, put on the wrong, right kind of clothes. I just wonder if there's a few of us here who've been trying to do this in our own strength. You know, we, we have longing in itself, as I'm going to share in a moment, is not a wrong thing, of course. Because the Bible teaches us to long for God. 
Being ambitious is not in itself a wrong thing because we're, we're told to be ambitious for Christ and for God. But it's the direction. It's the direction of the longing. It's the direction of the ambition. And there's one direction and a set of directions. And as I've tried to share my own experiences, you will find yourself walking in the wrong direction step by step. Marriages die by a thousand little cuts. They start when the husband and the wife stop bothering to say things to each other. They, they die when, when, when things are not brought into the light. When a husband doesn't say to his wife, here's the truth. And a wife listens and hears. It's often that way, but it doesn't have to be that way around, of course. Anger wells up. It wells up. It bubbles up. It's rarely one single thing. There is this direction that we can head in. There is this food that we can eat. This is, there is this longing that we can feed that is harmful. Because we're, we're taken back to Genesis, aren't we? We're taken back to the beginning of our, of our Bibles where when the relationship the picture we're given, the relationship with God is broken. No longer are we able to walk hand in hand with our God, that sense of closeness and intimacy. And the longing within, immediately we see the longing within can direct itself back towards God or it can direct itself away from God. Now you will struggle to hear God. If you are not dealing with the things that are not right in your life and leading you in wrong directions. And you and I don't know whether tomorrow will come. I have said this before in this church. I'll probably say it again because it's one of my favourite things to remind myself about. No one on their deathbed expresses the wish that they had spent more time at the office. You hear what I'm saying? My first calling is in my relationship to God. Bless you, not actually. Second, Nikki. Third, my children. You really matter to me. You really matter to me as my brothers and sisters in Christ. But God is not going to say, Andrew, how did you do as lead pastor of Trinity Cheltenham? Did you feel special? Is he? God's not going to have that conversation with me. I cannot leave till tomorrow my relationship with Nikki, my children. I cannot leave till tomorrow my relationship with myself. As Tim so helpfully reminded us, pride is the root of sin, the I in the middle of pride. And so this day, this day, this moment, if God is speaking to you about things that need to be put off, got rid of, if the direction of the ambition, the direction of the longing that you have is misdirected, 
God calls you. God calls you in love. In love. To change direction. And he calls you to drink spiritual milk. Now sometimes when the analogy of baby's milk is used in scripture, some of you know it's describing elementary teaching. You know, Paul says, grow up out of the milk and get onto solids. Here, Peter's emphasis, speaking to mature Christians, is on urgency and frequency. David, I'm kind of guessing that you've noticed that babies want to be fed regularly. They're kind of quite eager for that. It's eagerness. It's regularity. It's the pint of milk a day. It's not sort of kind of waiting once a month and gurgling down a few litres. It's life-giving. It's generating. We, we look for baby's milk, don't we, in its natural state or in formula to be balanced. We know that in baby's milk, we build up resistance. We build up health. And so the question here is, I, I could have preached a sermon, shared a talk about, about how to read the Bible and about daily practices in reading the Bible. And, and I believe in those things absolutely. There is something called discipline that's required in the Christian life, spiritual discipline. And the easiest way of thinking about spiritual disciplines, Richard Foster said in his book, Celebration of Discipline, is putting yourself in a place where God can do his work within you. So whether it's fasting or praying, reading scripture, meditation, whatever it may be. And there's a discipline required around God's word. But I know the calling I have to share with you, the question I have to share with you is about your hunger. Your craving. Your longing for God's word in your life, his truth. If you are ambitious, thank you. If you are entrepreneurial, thank you. If you are a home builder, thank you. If you are a compassionate person, thank you. If you are a prayer, thank you. The question I have is, are those things directed towards God? Do you have a hunger Psalm 42, 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And two things that are crucial to it. The first then is humility. That may seem obvious. But how have we already been called in our sung worship to humility? I love this, the message version of the Bible's translation of Isaiah 66 too. It says, God's message, heaven's my throne, earth is my footstool. What sort of house could you build for me? What holiday spot could you reserve for me? I made all of this, says God. I own all this, says God. And his decree, but there is something that I'm looking for. A person, simple and plain, reverently responsive to what I say. Being quick 
to listen and slow to speak. Be still and know that I am God. Do you have a hunger or a thirst for that? Or are you like I have been so many times in my life and I can be so tempted in my life? Are you like me? Do you have that, that, that potential misdirection where you make your plan and then you say to God, here's the plan. Would you like to bless it? You see, it's easy for me because it's God's work, isn't it? It must be a good plan. Come on, God. It's the Andrew Blythe plan. And God sits there, and our prayers can often sound like this, can't they? Oh, thank goodness, Andrew. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I am so grateful that you've suggested that. I hadn't thought of it. Oh. High humility, hunger. Listening leads to learning. To trust in God. And that's the, that's the second element. Trust. Peter says to his hearers. Because you have already tasted. Because you know that the Lord is good. Why would you not live this way? Why would you not rid yourselves. Of what is misdirecting you? Why would you not cut the head off the snake? Why would you not get real about your marriage? Your work life? Why would you not get real about what you're watching on TV or on the screens? Why would you not get real about the way you speak to each other? About the, the lack of forgiveness or the anger that wells up inside you? Because you have tasted that the Lord is good, that he loves you. Why would you not get rid of those things and drink, drink, drink your spiritual milk? Why would you not take into yourself the healthy, balanced milk of God? Why would you not let yourself be inspired in your home, fed in your home, in your marriage, your relationships with your children, with others, through that spiritual milk. Why would you not go into work tomorrow and say, God, I want to be the best person that I can be in this, in this working environment. I want to be an entrepreneur with you, for you. Why would you not go to the school gates and say, at this school gate, I am the chaplain. I am the one called to be alongside Why would you not drink eagerly and regularly from God's word? That is what will build up your body, build up your core. That is what will enable you to persevere to the end, to face whatever must be faced, to know the truth that God is God. He's not applying for the job. 
had a sense this morning of God saying that we will begin to think how we respond for a moment right where we are. There is in every human being longing. Longing for purpose, for meaning, for our identity, who we are. There is longing in the people beside you. And if you're a guest here today, I hope you'll just go with this. Because if God is God and not applying for the job, it's the kind of thing that would be naturally expected. I just ask you to pray quietly now for the people beside you. You don't actually need to know them, but you may do. You don't need to know precisely how their longings are expressing themselves. But would you just let God now help you to pray for the people who are alongside you? Lord Jesus, this is bigger and more important even then when in a moment we invite some to come forward. This is us all. And Lord Jesus, you want all of us, all. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to remove sin and the penalty of sin, we pray, we pray for a filling now of the love of God. That the longings of these hearts, these, especially these ones beside me, the longings of these hearts will be directed to you, Lord God. And we know for every single one of us here, and me perhaps more than any, that this is to be both the putting off of things that are wrong, And the putting on, the drinking deeply of the things of God. And just with a real obvious degree of sensitivity, if you're just feeling able to put a hand on a shoulder of the person beside you, let's minister to each other. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to come to each other. Let's pray now for each other that the longing of our hearts will be for God. Let's just pray now, Holy Spirit, any, in any way where ambition or pride is being misdirected, in any way in us where love is being twisted and distorted, in the name of Jesus, we pray for each other. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In your love, bring healing. Direct these hearts 
to you, Jesus. We are all in this, all together. None of us has any room for pride. We want to drink deeply. Feed our souls. Holy Spirit, please come and feed our souls. And now, again, without needing to share why, just if you want to have a sense of receiving from those around you, just just some sense of, of a special prayer for you, for strength and courage, would you just stand where you are? It's a big ask, I know, but just stand if you know. I'm just wondering if some men around ambition might want to stand. You could be standing for all kinds of reasons, okay? Let's be clear about that. But just stand where you are now. If you... If you know about wanting God to direct, direct your longings. If you want to drink more deeply, just stand where you are. And then just with those around, just please pray with sensitivity. Just these are our brothers and sisters who are brave enough to stand. Just where you are, just, just put a hand if you can and pray. This is, this is a bold thing to do. Thank you. Just if you sense someone standing beside you, just pray for them now. Would you do that? And others might want to move if we need to move to find people. I see someone here standing on her own. Don't let someone stand. If they've been brave enough to stand in this environment, just pray. Let's say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Direct this heart, these hearts to you, God. Satisfy their longing for you. Enable them to put off anything that is harmful. In the name of Jesus, we declare the victory of the cross. It's already won. It's already won. May these people walk in the full light of Jesus Christ. If there is any sense of evil and harm at work in situations that you're aware of, even caught up with, in the name of Jesus, we decapitate, we cut off, we remove the power. Walk in light. There is no condemnation in Jesus. There is a calling to purity and to holiness in love for you. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you.